What is going on, guys? My name is Evan Harrington. I am here with my co-host, Joel Frazee, for episode two of the Wins with Blue Cheese podcast on the Buffalonian Network. We're here, episode two. Episode one was last week. Just want to say thank you to everyone who listened and tuned in and, you know, gave ourselves a listen and a watch. Um, but first of all, Joel, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, every morning is a great morning to be a Buffalo sports fan, but this morning is a great morning to be a Detroit sports fan. So we are, um, we're here. It's July. It's my birthday month. Happy. It's feeling, feeling good. Uh, the weather is beautiful here. I hope it is there too. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to go. Thanks to everyone that listened. Uh, yeah. So speaking of July, just, you know, sticking on it. Uh, we did record actually the um, first episode a day before 4th of July. So, so like, you do anything fun for the 4th? What, what was uh, Joel Frazee's 4th of July like? So the the 4th, the 4th is always interesting because it depends, like, especially for my family and my group of friends, it always depends on what, uh, on what day it falls on, right? Like, um, if it's a weekend, it's just an extended weekend and it's, you know, just like kind of any other. But with, when it's in the middle of the week, like it was on a Tuesday, um, my trainer, like he, like he, he took off the week. He ended up buying a boat. Like, so he was gone. Um, so I couldn't really work out with him. And then my, um, uh, my parents, they got, I think they got off Monday and Tuesday. So that was fun. Got to hang out with them a lot. And we kind of just hung out here at the lake. Um, and, uh, we kind of, we kind of just did, um, kind of just did an extended version of the weekend. Really. Um, I went to a concert. I went to Morgan Wallen on Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, normal weekend, you know, just hanging out with friends, going out on the boat and stuff. And then, and then next thing you know, Monday, Tuesday, kind of just a big continuation off of that. So it was fun. Um, it was fun. Had a lot of guys over. Um, and then, uh, Ev, what did, what did you do? Yeah. Um, so after we did record episode one of the podcast on the third, I went out to my camp. Uh, we got, uh, you know, a little like property out there and, and part of Warsaw. And we had a nice big fireworks show that the campground displayed on the third. Uh, so that was nice and fun. And then uh, the next day, the actual part of the fourth, again, it's, it's Tuesday. It's a lot different than, you know, having it traditionally on a weekend. So it is like an extended weekend yeah. for, for everyone in America. almost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went over with some buddies again, just like chilled in the pool, kind of like a barbecue styled um, backyard event uh, with my buddy and, their family um and then i went and saw some fireworks in orchard park uh definitely town next over from west Sun academy so yeah nothing too crazy but again just a nice chilled relaxed fourth are there, are there a lot of i so obviously i've never been in buffalo for the fourth but is there a lot of are there a lot of fireworks that go off like if you look at the skyline can you see like a bunch of different ones going off yeah so if you actually um people in buffalo know what i'm talking about but uh over in the eden north boston side of things sure uh there's there's it's a little more hilly up there and uh you can actually like park your car or whatever nice. near like hamburg or whatever and then you can yeah. see the skyline of buffalo and niagara falls and really? all that stuff so you can you can probably see a little fireworks from there um yeah. but if i mean if you're just chilling in west Sonica, orchard park whatever and yeah. there's you know not too many buildings around you and you can see you know, all the sky around you, you'll probably see a good amount of fireworks. Um, and obviously, um, Sunset Bay does a lot of fireworks or, you know, does some fireworks. They do like a nice event. Um, yeah. Hamburg, uh, Niagara Falls, 
they do a really nice event. So uh, there's a really good amount of spots to go see fireworks in Buffalo. It's just, again, no, that's, pick that's your really point. Nice. Where do you want to go? No, that's really nice, actually. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how it is here, too. I mean, um, not, not, as, not as hilly, really, but, like, so I'm lucky enough to live on a lake here. And, like, we just, like, on the, on, especially on the third and the fourth, usually, I mean, it's just one over here one over here one over here yeah. and like they're all at different timing and stuff too and yeah. we actually bought some we, we last second last second we sent a few of our uh, a few of our friends out to um to go grab some real quick and um you know set like maybe i don't know maybe 20 20 of them off total but um yeah it, it was fun it was a, it was a good holiday we had we had amazing weather i'm sure you guys did yeah. too by the sound of it yeah for the yeah yeah i got burnt so i'm feeling that part of the weather but other than that, I mean, it was a good 4th of July, and uh, hopefully next year it's not on a Tuesday. Uh, but getting into episode two, we have a lot to cover. Um, you know, talking about the current state of the Buffalo Sabres defense, Sabres goalie situation, development camp for the both Sabres and Red Wings. We're going to get to know a little bit more about Justin Richards, uh, new Sabres forward from right here. Joel Fraze, we'll get into that later. Um, and then not going to talk about it yet, but the Red Wings – made a pretty big, you know, move uh just a little bit ago. And obviously the Wings and Blue Cheese podcast, we gotta talk about the Wings big move. Um just you know kicking things off though with the current state of the Sabres defense, I, I think it's I think it's really interesting because last season it was always a big topic and discussion around the Sabres defensive core. It was the Sabres don't have enough solid defenders to play on their defensive you know pairings mm. uh whether that was guys just out with injury or the sabers just simply not having um enough talent and enough productive defensemen back uh you know supporting our goaltenders and, and that's why the sabers were very lackluster defensively last year a, a little bit was zone structure but a lot of it was due to the fact we didn't have guys that we can send out there consistently on the second pair and third pair sure. outside of you know, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, and Matias Samuelson, it felt like, for for a lot of the season. And now the Sabres made some big moves in, in free agency, and they went out and said, hey, we have two very young goaltenders that we're going to want to roll with. We have, you know, two first overall picks on the back end. One's going into year six. One's going to go into year two. We have another very talented defenseman, Tia Samuelson, and another guy in Henry Yoki Haru, who are all very solid defenders in yeah. their own. But you need to bolster that third pairing. You need to add more comfortability to that second pairing. You can't have you need you depth. know a weak you can't have a weak link out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where the Sabres went out and got Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton. We like we talked yeah. about in the last episode. Yeah. But now this is where it, you know it begins a little speculation of. Where does the current, you know, Sabres defensive core go? Because I'm just going to name off the names of the Sabres defense. Um, left, I'll start with, you know, left shots and then go to right shots. Mm -hmm. uh, left shots, you got Darlene, Power, mm -hmm. Samuelson, Bryson, Riley Stillman, Cal Clegg, who just re-signed a one-year two-way contract um, worth $775,000. And then when you look at the right shot of things, you got Henry Okiharu. Eric Johnson, Connor Clifton, and Ilya Labushkin. So right there, that's set. That's eleven defensemen. Now, you can touch on this in a second. Wouldn't you say, for the most part, all these guys that I just named are NHL caliber defensemen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, the only thing that uh, are against some of them would be, you know, games played and just experience in general. But yeah, no, they're all they all have the talent. They all have the competitiveness to keep, you know, to 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 make an NHL lineup and stay there. 
Um, I mean, the the two that we talked about last pod with uh, Clifton and Johnson. I mean, Johnson in himself is just uh, he, like he he can he could change the locker room of a team. You know what I mean? He's because yeah. he's he was a huge underrated piece. I mean, I don't want to say underrated because he probably isn't to like Avalanche fans, but like in the, from the scheme of the league, like because you look at Colorado's you know Stanley Cup winning team. You're not going to look at Eric Johnson and go, oh, like you, you know, you're not going to look at him like for more than a couple seconds. But at the same time, he was a he was a huge influence. I mean, you listen to any kind of media, um, they uh, every player was saying how how important that he was to their run. And so, I mean, the Sabers picking up a guy like that with all their young studs. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a great it's a great guy to learn off of. Um, I, I so yeah, I love that. And then Clifton is also on the he's on the come up as well. Uh, he's a younger guy, so yeah. No, the, those your depth is definitely critical. I mean, look at Vegas. Um, look, yeah. look at their look at their depth on defense, right? Um, so, and, and there's no reason to say that uh, the Sabers can't be there in a few years too. Once these guys get a little bit older, and, and these guys have more, you know, more experience and and all that. So, yeah, no, I, I like I like the Sabers defense right now. I think that uh, I think that it looks good. Yeah, because again, again, when you just talk about it and you look at some of the names last year that were on this roster that are now more in a in a backup uh you know spot with the new acquisitions, you know, being brought in. Yeah. Again, yep. Jacob Bryson, Riley Stillman, Cal mm-hmm. Clegg played a lot of games for the Sabres, even Ilya Labushkin, right? Those are those are guys kind of they're on the bubble. They're on the outside looking in for the most part, because with the contract, the Sabres gave Clifton and, and with the experience and um, playing wise that Eric Johnson brings to the Sabres, you just have yeah. to think those two are going to be penciled into the lineup day one. Yeah. And that, that would have you with Darlene power, Samuelson, who are three penciled in players already. And yeah. then, Eric Johnson, Connor Clifton. I mean, that that's six or that's yeah, five. That's and most five, teams, yeah. most teams roll with six defensemen. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just what it is. The average team's going to roll out with six. And, and the question is, I mean, again, Jacob Bryson, he's played, been here for a while. He's played a lot of games for the Sabres. Riley Stillman, we acquired him in trade yeah. um, at the deadline last year. He came in big physical presence, was a solid puck moving defenseman, yeah. um, played some, you know, solid minutes for the Sabres. Cal Clegg. More of a guy I can see, you know, being pulled down to Rochester. But again, he's still a guy that if needed to be called up, yeah. he could play some games. And then you got Henry Okiharu and Ilya Labushkin. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't have to make predictions here per se, but out of the names, no. I, you know, of Bryson, Stillman, Clegg, Yokiharu, and Labushkin, like what, what player in your mind do you see, you know, filling that sixth spot? Because it seems like the Sabres want to go three left shot, three right shot. I mean, I like I like Labushkin and I like Bryson. Um, I, I I like both of them just personally. That's just an opinion, though. Um, but you know, it, basically, like as the as the guy is still playing on the pod, like honestly, what you're just hoping is you're just hoping one of them works out, and like you have good you have good odds. You know what I mean? You yeah. you have good odds, and and realistically, if you're the GM, you're gonna you're gonna rotate that, or you're gonna start out with you know whoever you know comes comes ready to play right away you're going to start out with that person whoever it may be and then you know if he goes cold then you know swap him out and just keep keep going with that and um i then again i i would the individual research on who's got like you know the most nhl experience out of those four um 
but like that'd be more likely Ilya Labushkin. But yeah, because he because he came from Toronto, no. Um. Yes, he did play some games he, in Toronto. Yeah. So like he, you know, he, he, I think he would probably have like you know the upper hand, maybe. Um, but then again, like it, it, it's all about fit, and it also you know who's going to play the best with um, Samuelson. I assume, right? He would be the he would probably be or or Clifton, yeah. whoever would be the. Well, well, yeah, because for a long time the Sabers would run. Uh, it would be Rasmus Dahlin, Matias yeah. Samuelson as the first pairing uh, yeah. of defensemen for the Sabers. Um, but it seems like the Sabers and Don Granado may want to go left shot, right shot, the more traditional standard look. Yeah. Because uh, Samuelson and Dahlin are both lefties. But if you do that, you would probably end up, you know, bumping Samuelson down to your third pair. And at that point, Samuelson is more of a stay-at-home defenseman. He has a little bit of offensive, yeah. offensive upside with puck carrying wise, but when you look yeah. at those defensemen, I mean, thinking of offensively, I mean, your best two offensive defensemen probably would be Henry Okihari or, or Jacob Bryson, really. But yeah, again, it's it, it's a fit thing. But when you're mentioning is, hot yeah. and cold, there could be there could be times where Jacob Bryson plays six straight games because he's feeling it. He's playing very yeah. well, exactly. and he's playing better than the other guys that yeah. are in the press box that game, and that's yeah. totally fine. Now I. I, I will say I do think there's a possibility the Sabres potentially trade one of their guys. I mean, I just I just think that that is something yeah. to consider. Yeah. Um, because when you think a look at it, when you take a look at it, uh, Jacob Bryson, I, I, I really feel like he's kind of the odd man out here okay. um, in the Sabres' defensive core just because the three guys in front of him, he's not better than the three left shots in front of him, Samuelson, Power, and Dahlin, right there. And if the Sabres want to run three left shots, Bryson might be already outside of not making the lineup. And then when you look at a guy like Stillman, the Sabres might want to have a little more, you know, stay at home defensive play than a guy that's already offensive because they have that in Dahlin and Power. So mm -hmm. if Bryson doesn't get that that type of luck where he's in the lineup, I could see him maybe saying, you know, wanting a change of scenery. And I would I wouldn't be surprised if the Sabres did move off of Bryson in that regard. Um yeah. Just because, again, Cal Clegg, I don't see him staying up with the Sabres. I see him going down to Rochester. Um, and then Yoki Haru and Labushkin might be, yeah. you know, th those that would be your sixth, seventh, and eighth guys uh, would yeah. be Yoki Haru, Labushkin, and Stillman. That's what I believe. I don't no, know if you got I mean, any more to take on No, that. I know that. I mean, I think you said, I think you said it best. Um, I, it's just, it, it's going to be a fit thing. It's going to be whoever, you know, I, I I, I, the only thing I guess I wanted to add to that was that, and like I don't want to, I don't want to tick anybody off here, but the if if Owen Power is not, you know, if he if he needs to get bumped down to that, that to that third pairing, you know, just for yeah. the sake of development, um, then you know that also changes the scheme of things because you and I are kind of assuming that Samuelson is going to be, you know, that guy, which you know, given his contract and maybe where he stands in the the depth. That's probably where he most likely fits from, you know, a fan's perspective. Yeah. But at the same time, like, um, Owen Power's got a, I, I think he's for, especially for a first overall pick, he's got, he's got a bit of a ways to go. Um, he showed flashes of, of genius in his, you know, in his offensive, you know, stardom. Um, but, you know, it's up to the coach event at the end of the day. And if he wants to throw him back there, then that completely changes our whole conversation here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, cause you know, Darlene's never moving, you know that, No. 
Um, he's going to get a new contract. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, he's well, not even just that. I'm just saying, like, as a player, like, you know, he, he's he's yeah, solid yeah. and he's only getting better. I mean, we're you're, you know, you're we're we're coming up to where he's going to start, you know, coming into the Norris conversation a little bit. Um, you know, he, he should be because he's getting because he should be getting that notoriety and he's good, that good of a player. It's just unfortunate that he's been, you know, I don't want to say this again to tick people off, but stuck in Buffalo for the past few years. So, you know, people aren't really paying that much attention. Um, but at the same time, people who actually know hockey are, you know, understand of how good and how much he means to this organization. So he's not going to get touched. Um, and then, uh, yeah, as long as Owen power, you know, he continues to develop and, you know, he's going to, they're going to tinker with him a little bit and try to get, you know, try to find the right spot for him and his development. Cause you know, they're not sending him down. Um, yeah, yeah. so that, that kind of changes everything too, but. I mean, I, for for right-handed D is so Johnson's Johnson's right-handed, so he yep. will probably he'll probably fit in with. I mean, if you have Darlene and and Eric Johnson as your you know as your first pair, that's, I mean that's that's pretty solid. I mean, I'm looking, I'm pretty happy with that. And then I, yep. I don't know what would what would you say power and maybe power and Clifton maybe. I could honestly see. Hmm. Or, you know or what? I could actually see. I could do. I could see Clifton and, and Samuelson going together. Clifton and Samuelson. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. Well, actually, yeah, that would more work out. So that. So what if you have that as your second D pairing, and then you know, let and, Owen and Power the, on the third. And the nice thing about you know? this is, is that the Sabers don't have to just go. Okay, Samuelson, Darlene are going to be a pair. Power Johnson, and then Clifton, and you know, yeah. Clifton and whoever else, right? Um, but at the end of the day, like you're you you don't have to play Darlene 27 minutes a game, no, 25 no. minutes a game. Because there's points out. in times where Darlene was just playing games, playing tons of minutes, playing while mm-hmm. being injured, and you can just tell he's gassed. And he's still a phenomenal player on the ice no matter what, just because he's that good. But I would rather have Darlene take four or five minutes less, four or five less minutes a night. And yeah. Be more energized on a back-to-back. Be more energized for yeah. playing four games in a week, stuff like that. Absolutely. And you, you're able to do that with the acquisitions uh, you brought in. Uh, Once again, on depth, depth, depth proves depth proves yeah. it's worth. You know what I mean? I, I just I I really think that that's an important. Well, it's it's a starting point. It really is for any yeah. team. Um, I mean, both of us come from fan bases where. You know, the teams are, you know, we're rebuilding, especially for the past couple of years. Right. So what is, what is the first thing that Eisenman did? He drafted defensemen, big defensemen, you know, for, and it just so happened to work out for the wings where they, you know, got a, you know, a Calder winner and a, you know, a franchise defenseman that we're going to eventually have to put a tag on here soon. But like, it's, it's, it's just a common theme, like defense wins games. And like as much as you want that defenseman, that's gonna you know that Drew Doughty style, Eric Carlson style, where they're you know they're putting up points. Like at the end of the day, like you got to block shots. You have to you know play in your own zone, right? Um, and both uh, both organizations are doing a really really good job at that. Makes makes this podcast much easier to cover because I would hate being critical about that. It's it's annoying, um, but. No, I, I think I think I think the Sabers look good. I really I really do like 
the depth. And then once you find that sixth guy, um, whoever it is, then, you know, and, and if it takes a while, it takes a while, like whatever, you know, and if anything, I, if anything, it'll just kind of be unfortunate for whoever is like the solid sixth pairing defenseman, like, you know, one we're talking about, whether it's, it's yeah. probably going to be Samuelson. Um, I feel bad for him because like, if he, if they, <laughs> they don't have anybody in the system then you know, his minutes are probably going to go down unless they start rotating yeah. five and then just having an odd yeah. guy out, like, which they're not. Dude, imagine, imagine the Sabres just, I mean, honestly, I could see some nights where the Sabres are just rolling five defensemen and, yeah, and I, the guy, the, the guy that they would probably play more minutes than not would be surprisingly Samuelson just because he can take those minutes. That's yeah, his, exactly. that's his game. Yeah. He's the guy that's supposed to be an anchor and supposed to be able to take heavy minutes. Yeah. But it, I mean, it would be very interesting to see. Um, but just a quick overview. These are the, yeah. you know, seven defensemen. Yeah. Or these 11 defensemen that the Sabres are going to have. Um, Cal Clegg isn't on there, but nonetheless, yeah. you know, point is still proven over there. And that's from yeah. uh, Sabre source on Instagram. So nice yeah. graphic over there. But, uh, you know, getting into more things. Uh, Sabres goaltender situation. I mean, this, this, this is something that just keeps getting talked about left and right. Um, because the, the Sabres have had a stall, I would say over the past decade at goaltender, uh, you know, ever since Ryan Miller, um, stopped playing Uh for the Buffalo Sabres around 2013. Um, we've always been trying to find that next guy. Um, we had Lena Solmark in the system. He played very well one year, but the next year. In the offseason, he went to Boston, got his big contract. Look what he turned into. We had Robin Leonard in Buffalo. We all know how that went down. Robin Leonard goes over to Vegas and becomes a Vezina caliber goaltender. Buffalo's mm-hmm. had solid goaltenders, just haven't been able to keep him, you know, yeah. keep him here. But now the goalie conversation goes, you you have Devin Levi, but he only played seven games last year. But yeah. we all still think he can be the franchise goalie Ryan Miller was. The hype is real. Luka Pekalukanen. He won rookie of the month. Uh in you know last season but at the same time you know he's had his inconsistencies but he's also had his points and times where he's been one of the you know better top half goalies in the league but at the same time he's also been one of the you know bottom half goalies in the league at points and times um and then we also have eric comrie who's surprisingly not is still under contract eric comrie was a 500 goaltender for the sabers nothing special he gave up 10 goals in a game, but he's also played games where he's, you know, had shutouts. Again, inconsistencies mm-hmm. with Sabres goaltenders. Um, and all those guys are on one-way contracts, so they can't go down to the AHL unless, you know, they go through waivers. Uh, Sabres two-way goaltenders are Dustin Tukarski. Sabres fans know and love him. Mm-hmm. Michael Hauser, uh, he spent some time in the ECHL in Cincinnati, but he's also been in Rochester a lot. And then uh, Devin Cooley, uh, who had a 15-8-2 record in Milwaukee in the AHL. So that's our new, new guy there, but just the Sabres goalie situation is so fascinating because it's very young. The starters are young. And then you have Kevin Adams who said in a presser last week that he's comfortable with Levi and Lucanen, but this was reported just a little bit ago, uh, according to Chad, uh, the Sabres still want to look for an upgrade at goalie, but do not want to overpay. And he believes that yeah. Kevin Adams is not telling the truth about the UPL and Levi tandem. So like Joel, just from your, your perspective on this um, in two, two questions. What, if you were Kevin Adams, would you yeah. be comfortable with the 
the, the Levi and UPL tandem. But if not, you know, would you be looking to go get a goalie? It's a high risk, high reward situation because you have two young goalies that are essentially unproven. Um, right. And we're talking NHL here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, however, at the same time, it can work out really well because, you know, they, they, uh, it's it kind of goes back to our, um, it kind of goes back to our defensive um, topic where it's like, you just hope one of them works out. <laughs> yeah, um, right. uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's a great start. I mean, the hype, the hype around leave by is, is unprecedented. Um, I think he has, I think he does have a lot of tools. I think he's got, um, he, he's been a stud um, for everywhere he's been. So I, I do think that he took the right path to actually get to where he is. And he's, you know, he's only getting better. Um, however, like you said, seven games, not near enough. Um, and then UPL, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, another stud. Uh, I think that he, uh, I, I genuinely think he's got all the tools as well. Uh, but you just hope that they both use each other for a competitive advantage because they both know that the net's open. Um, there is no clear front runner, um, I would say, going in. Um, you can make the argument that maybe Levi does, um, yeah. but that's just, I think that's hype bias, right? Like, I think that's just because, you know, more people are talking about him. He got a lot of attention right away. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that, I do think, I, I, I don't know who I would necessarily pick if I had to, I would just kind of, I would kind of sit back and kind of let them do the decide because goalie goalies are hard, man. Goalies can be, they, they don't always, they, they have to fit into the system and um, it's, it's a 50, 50 half the time. Like, uh, you know, like it, you might, if you start the wrong guy, then it's like, ah, the other guy, you know, might've, might've made that save that critical save. And then, um, what I do like about Levi, though, is he, he has the ability to steal games. Um, and obviously, this is only coming off of college. But in, in college hockey, uh, I, I would argue that goalie is probably the most important position on the ice because they literally can change the game, like especially in college, just because of the, the level of play compared to, you know, the other players that are playing at that age. like a goalie that can steal a game is priceless in college hockey. Um, so that and he has proven that too. He took a Northeastern team that was, that was good, but they were nothing special. No. Um, you know, so, and, and he took them far. So Very far. And, and he, any, any, you know, I, I'm pretty sure. What did he have? He had a couple 40 save games. He had a couple, he had yeah. one, like a couple 50 save, like, like, so, he, he's definitely proven that he can steal a game for you, which is what you want in a clutch goaltender. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's tough to actually pick between one or the other, uh, just given the actual situation that UPL only has one year under his belt, barely. And then, and then Levi is kind of still unproven. So just, you know, I, I would say just kind of have a, Kind of see what see what happens in training camp here, and just see what happens it, it, when practices start coming around, and and if they have to. What I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think, I don't think your coach there has has an issue with, you know, rotating goalies until one of them gets hot. Um, we, I mean, we see that in the NHL playoffs for God's sakes, right? Like, um, 
I, I so I don't know. I, I would say just start out with that and see who gets hot. But I definitely wouldn't be. I, I'm definitely anti-trade if we're talking about yeah. those two because the ceiling is so high for both. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that I don't really have a whole. I don't really have a whole lot other than that. Other than definitely don't entertain a trade. <laughs> yeah. But I, it depends on who you can get though too. The I feel like goalies in the NHL now are just getting swiped up so quick. And then on top of that, you have a, you have a goalie as good as like um, out in LA, you had a, you had Jonathan quick out there who has done everything and more for that franchise. And they just trade him. And he like, they trade him while he's on a flight back to back from wherever they were playing. I think it was a Carolina or something like, you know, so I, I, I don't know. It, it's goalies are a very, very confusing one that confuse even the, even the insiders in the NHL. I mean, Elliot Friedman has said that multiple times. So. Yeah. And just again, you know, just to kind of wrap up the goaltender situation yeah. here for the Buffalo Sabres. And, and again, it's, again, I've said it, I said it earlier. It's a very fascinating topic to talk about. Cause yeah. I feel like there's always something new uh, when talking about the Buffalo Sabres goalie situation, um, you know, every week, there's always some new, you know, tidbit, from GM Kevin Adams, there's always yeah. something going on uh, in the free agency market uh, with goaltenders that all the Sabre, Sabres are, are rumored here. The Sabres are rumored over there. I mean, the Sabres were rumored to go after Connor Hellebuck. The Sabres were yeah. rumored to go after Jonathan Quick, potentially. You never know. Just again, yeah. these goalies are, are all over the place. Uh, like, who would have thought Jonathan Quick would have went over to New York? I don't know. Yeah. Who would have thought Jonathan Quick would have ended up playing for the Vegas Golden Knights yeah. this past season? It, Crazy. it is just division rival. Arguably, yeah, division, right? Like, it's yeah, crazy. just it's it is ridiculous. And and just to, to say one more thing, like, like Sabres fans are, are are always looking right past Eric Connery too. For some reason, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into it, but Don Granado and Kevin Adams love Eric Connery. They they yeah. played him a lot of games. They gave him a lot of minutes when he was healthy, and you know, now he was a 500 goaltender. He wasn't anything special, but they still went back to him even after you know, letting in 10 goals in a game. Who, who would have thought you're yeah. still playing games in the NHL when you're an AHA, AHL uh, caliber goaltender and you're still, yeah. you know, letting 10 goals in a game. Who would have thought? But he's still here, still under contract. Um, Devin Levi and the UPL, I do think personally that's the tandem we will be going with. Yeah. But if the Sabres brought in said veteran, yeah. that's going to come in and yeah. be that second goaltender to Levi, I wouldn't be surprised because I don't know if the Sabres want to commit to Levi playing yeah. 50 games right away. I could see them committing to 30. Yeah. But again, it's a rookie season that 30, 15 Whoa. of those he could struggle in. Would you, you know, I mean, would you, could you, could you imagine a world where Devin Levi gets sent down? No, I, I, I do not see Devin Levi going to I can't, I can't either. I can't either. I, I don't. I can't either. And so, I, and I think we're, so I think the Sabres that, are, and in no, another reason, I, I think the Sabres are past the point of sending Lukanen down because they did not send him down for the playoffs. He could have sent, they could have sent Lukanen down to the playoffs yeah. in Rochester yeah. to help them out, but they, they, they didn't send Lukanen down there. Um, so I, I really think that Granado and Adams see Levi and Lukanen, at least as of right now, as NHL caliber goaltenders yeah. and nothing to do with in the game. They just they probably they're looking at the market, man. The market's tough. If you acquire Hellebuck, I mean I'm sure every Sabres fan would love Connor Hellebuck. Yes. Like right, like American hero, 
in terms of goalies. Yeah. Um, I like he, he, that, he would instantly make the team um, playoff caliber. Um, you know, you can see Hellebuck winning you a couple playoff games, and then on top of that, with the rest of your team coming together, you could see you know you making it past the first round with Connor Hellebuck on the Sabers. I would argue. Um, but then again, that's without seeing the other two. So yeah, like it, it, cause goaltending is obviously extremely important and Hellebuck has done it in Winnipeg. He's done that. Like, I don't, I, I don't think Winnipeg was any better than Buffalo the years that he was, he was taking them. You know what I mean? They had a couple yeah. veteran pieces up front, but yeah, nothing so. crazy where they could win. Anyway, goalies are, goalies are screwy. Uh, bottom line. Yeah. Um, so moving off the Sabres goaltender situation, I want to get into one small thing that we won't you know, talk about for too long, but just because it, it is around the topic of development camp, because uh, this is the development farm system sure. for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, the Buffalo Sabres and Rochester Americans have hired Nathan Patch and Vinny Prospel as the Amherst assistant coaches. And uh, the reason why I talk about that is um, – because obviously the Sabres, you know, lost or the Amherst lost Michael Pekka. Um, now he is the New York Rangers assistant coach and he was the assistant coach uh, under Seth Appert for the Amherst. And, you know, Sabres bring in uh, two new assistant coaches, uh, one of them, you know, formerly doing some Sabres development stuff. So that's nice to see there. And also Matt Ellis, Jason Christie, um, Marty Wilford, Mike Bales. All assistant coaches all got contract extensions as well. So that's very nice to see uh, for the Buffalo Sabres and the uh, Rochester Amherst. But yep. something I want to get into now, uh, we'll cover a little bit of the Sabres development camp really quick and then move over to, to Detroit. And that's where you'll take it over, uh, being our Red Wings insider. <laughs> uh, you know, so just, you know, going off right away. Um, one player I want to talk about is uh, Jake Richard, uh, 2022 sixth round pick. Um, and this is his second season in a row that he's having a very solid development camp. Um, and, it, and it's just showing really how strong the Sabres pipeline is, is that guys that are six round picks are, you know, bringing a value that second and third round picks are. And he just had a, a quote talking about the culture in Buffalo, how great the culture is in Buffalo. What they have here is really strong. And, and, and that that's very promising. Again, when you have like six round picks saying that no matter where you're picked, undrafted, second round pick, everyone's saying something great about the, the culture in Buffalo. And that's something we weren't really getting consistently uh, in pressers, yeah. you know, just a few years ago, um, you know, really in the Eichel era and in the O'Reilly area, all those uh, areas of the Sabres. We, we weren't getting that, um, but it, it's good to see that. Um, and, and Richards was scoring impressive goals as well. And, it, and it's really good to see a six round pick really contributing, uh, you know, amongst, you know, the first, second, third round picks that the Sabres yeah. have brought in over the years. Um, you know, sticking one player that I just want to talk about, and I could probably talk about for hours is, uh, Sabres first round draft pick, uh, Zach Benson. And yep. when the Sabres drafted Benson, uh, he was projected to go six, six overall. And we got him at 13. And ever since that, the eyes have been on Benson because one reason why is Sabres don't have Matthew Savoy, Yuri Coolidge, or Isaac Rosen at development camp. They gave them a little bit of time off because those guys played extended postseasons in the AHL and Savoy did in the WHL. So they're not at development camp right now. 
Uh, so really the top prospect there in Buffalo is Zach Benson. Like he is the top first round draft pick in Buffalo during the dev camp. And he has just been the standalone top prospect. He's, he's looked sensational anytime he's been on the ice. Um, he really looks comfortable on the offensive side of things. But, you know, one thing that, you know, reporters and coaches are talking about him is that how impressive he is on the forecheck. Uh, he, they're saying he's, you know, stripping pucks one or two times a shift. Um, and he's a little bit of an undersized guy. He is, you know, only, you know, like five, 10, he isn't too big, but, uh, like Joel, just, you know, I'm sure you play with a ton of guys who aren't, you know, the prototypical size at forward yeah. are a little smaller and they got to be a little yeah. scrappier, um, especially yeah. on the forecheck. Can you just talk about that and just, you know, shed some, shed some light on that? Yeah. Um, pests. That's what they are. And that's what you want from, you know, a player that maybe is a little bit undersized. Um, they're, you know, obviously they're in the NHL or they're making, you know, they're, they're pushing for the NHL. I mean, they're, they're there for a reason. Um, you know, what is your identity as a player? What's your role? Um, and for, for guys that are smaller like that, um, you know, obviously we'll touch on Debrinket later, but I mean, the guy puts up 40 goals a year, right? Aside from last year in Ottawa, but like guy puts up 40 a year and he's five foot seven, like, you know, like, so there's no, just because of your size does not mean that you fit a certain role, that you're a certain caliber player, whatever. Um, however, it does mean that if you're, you know, if you're a smaller player that you do need, I, in my opinion, I think you need a few more tools in the toolbox in order to make it to the next level. Now, the catch 22 to that is that if you are good at multiple things, like multiple tools in the toolbox, then chances are you're going to get pretty good at a couple of them. And then, you know, you develop, you develop them. And then all of a sudden you're, you're quick and you're a pest. And, you know, especially in the four check, like you're saying, that's a great, that's a great talent. I mean, you can, they're good four checkers are very, they're very, they're very hard to find just because it's a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a very underrated skill, um, yeah. but it's every coach's favorite. You know, if you're a good four checker, you're going to be a coach's favorite immediately because you're just uh and just running around and like obviously it's controlled chaos but you're running around with your head cut off or you're like a chicken with its head cut off trying to you know get the puck and you know it makes it makes the defenseman make a play um and if they're rushed if they're rushed a half second before they want to then that pass might not go exactly where it wants to and then it might put another player in a position to strip the puck from that person so there's a there's a million different little aspects in that, so I I, I think that the, the the smaller, quicker guys definitely do have an advantage um, uh, when it comes to you know when it comes to skating and, and all that, and then um, yeah, so I, I do I do like that I, I like that as side of the game. I think you need a couple I think you need a couple guys that are really good four checkers, and if they so happen to be a little bit undersized, like so so what? Who cares? They can play as long as they can you know hold their own physically. Um, so yeah, yeah, and and that's very good to hear. Obviously, because yeah. Zach Benson, if he does come up next season for the Buffalo Sabers, there's no guarantee he's getting a top six role right away. That's something you'll have to work into. Yeah. But if you're yeah. if you're you know getting thrown on the third line, the fourth line, you know that's where you have to be a guy that you know holds your own more a little more physically, and yeah. you have to you know play that that grindy uh, corner battle game, you know, in the offensive yeah. zone, and you be able to strip pucks and be able to hold 
you know, offensive zone time and, you know, exactly. keep, guys, keep guys off the board. And, and if Benson can do that, if Benson can show that side of his game, yeah. once he gets to the NHL, he'll be right. Yeah. He'll be very comfortable in a bottom six role. And it's not one of those things where you have to force him in the top six because he's not good enough physically right away to play in a bottom six role. Is he projected? So, is he projected as a top six NHL player? Potentially, yes. Uh, a lot of people have 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 you know thrown him, thrown the idea out there that he could play um, a top six role, potentially even you know play first line minutes if really? he really hits his ceiling. Yeah, okay. I mean you know six sixth overall pick, projected. Well, six projected, oh. projected. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's the projection. Though. So, so I mean there's a long yeah. long way to go because so, it's so he's early. A winger. He's a winger, right? Yeah, he's a, he winger. a winger. He's a winger. Yeah. How t- how tall is he? I mean we're talking about five size, but how? So I mean, not I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's under size, size, but he's not the prototypical like size. Yeah. Or whatever. No, exactly. No, no. I no. Yeah, I, I get that. I just I was just kind of. He's one seventy also right now. He's, he's got to put yeah, some. So he's got, he's, yeah, he's got to put some weight on too for the NHL especially. Um. But yeah, I mean they'll just yeah, I mean they'll the the Sabers they're smart. They'll just stick them in the they'll stick them in Rochester for a little bit and and uh you know let them bulk up and let them you know figure out his role in pro hockey because you know um, where's he? Is he come from the WHL right? Yeah, so he played um in Winnipeg with Matthew Savoy. So oh okay yeah yeah so yeah, yeah I mean, so he, former he, teammates. He, I mean he's he's coming out of major junior, so he, he gets he gets the style of game already. Now he's just got to make the jump to pro Life style. And, and... Yeah yeah exactly yeah I. I yeah, I mean, I, it's confident. I'm, I'd be confident in that. I, it's, yeah, they, they got him at 13, which is a steal. So, I, yeah, I would, I would be happy with that. Just, just be patient, Sabres fans. Be patient. Um, you know, it takes guys a minute. I don't care what number they get drafted. Um, look at Shane Wright. Um, so, it, but look at even Rasmus Dahlin. It, it took, it took him a couple yeah. years to figure himself out. Gosh, I, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know if I was talking about this with you, Ev. I don't know what, but I have to, my only rant with that topic is Jack Hughes. I will never understand in my heart of hearts why New Jersey Devils fans were, or not even, maybe not just them, but they were, the media was ridiculing Jack Hughes at 18 years old, maybe even 19 a little bit. At 18 slash 19 years old, they were ridiculing him as his first year in the league, being a bust, being this, being that, because he was a first overall pick. And look what that kid is doing now. 100-point player. Like, I cannot stand you idiots in the media. I can't stand it. And then you get the fans riled up, and I just I will never understand it. You are t- you're talking about a child, an 18, 19-year-old kid, Playing against grow or like full grown men took him a year, whatever. And in like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get. No, it. it's I, definitely- I, I honestly don't. So, and, and I'm sure Sabres fans were doing the same thing with Darlene. Um, not, they, not they, they were at a point in time. At yeah. a point in time, Sabres fans were getting on Darlene. Um, and it, 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 it done the same. You know, did the same thing with Eichel. Reinhardt, Reinhardt got the bad end of the stick. Reinhardt, even Casey Middlestat, mm-hmm. got the bad end of the stick. Casey Middlestat yeah. and Sam Reinhart really were on the bad end of the stick from a lot of Sabres fans because yeah. Reinhart, we, I get a little bit why Reinhardt because we did draft him in front of Dreisaitl, um, number cool. two overall. So I, I could, I could understand the, the frustration there. And then Casey Middlestat just never really 
turn into the player that you wanted him to become until really this past season. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that yeah. that's why there's development, camp. You know, that's why these guys develop, yeah. turn into the players that they turn yeah. into. Um, and development is a, is a great word, and a lot of people should yeah. start using it more and realize yeah they, they, not, they're just saying not, it yeah they're just saying it but they're it's, not it's processing. not it's not, <laughs> it's not the nfl where guys can just get plugged and played right away um yeah. but, you know sticking on the development side of things for the sabers um other sabers that were noticeable uh were a few of the russians at the pipeline um alexander kisikov and nikita uh novikov um six of four defensemen who look great you know moving the puck and will most likely be in Rochester this season. Both of those guys will be. And uh, Victor uh, Nuchev uh, played with Benson three-on-three three, um, in the um, the French Connection Tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. The 2022 third-round pick um, forward will all be in Rochester um, playing this season. So, you know, three of the Russians in the pipeline will more likely than not all be in Rochester this season. And they all had very, very good development camps for the Buffalo Sabres. And again, it, it is just something yep. that myself will be looking forward to because every season for the past couple of years, it just seems like that the Sabres are like just sending prospects down the pipeline to Rochester and Rochester is being a beneficiary factor of the Sabres young up and coming stars, oh, just yeah. because Definitely. we're sending all this, all these talented guys down to Rochester the last two seasons, Rochester's been a top five team in the AHL. Yeah. They've been phenomenal. They had Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka one year. Then the next season, they get um, Yuri Kulich and Isaac Rosen. You get two studs again, and now they have another, you know, a chance to get even some more studs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but going for another uh, couple of guys that are very good. Um, Max Strack and Gavin McCarthy look very comfortable at camp. Both defensemen, uh, you know, have a solid chance to be very solid players in the NHL once they go through their development phase, but good to hear them. They're doing really well. But uh, this is one that really intrigues me because this is a, a prospect I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, it's the Swedish center, the Sabres drafted 39th overall second round this year. Anton Wahlberg, six foot three center, 18 years old. Yeah. And the, the report said was saying he was skating very well with his six foot three frame, just turned 18 years old. Looked very comfortable right out of the get. And the Sabres already have some pretty big guys on the roster. Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins is a pretty good size center at like six foot one, six two. Mm -hmm. If you add another big center in a year, a couple years to this to this team at six foot three and that can skate well, just like the other big guys on the team can skate well. Oh, I I I would I would just love to have that on the on the fourth line, third line. Wherever yeah. you know he gets slotted, Anton Wahlberg yeah. uh, is a player I'm definitely going to be looking out for um, over you know the point in time. Um, but you know, sticking on the development side of things, uh, I want to get into a little bit of the Red Wings development camp. Uh, we talked a lot a lot about the Sabers development camp, and there's a lot to be uh, you know happy with there. There's a lot to be grateful with there. Um, and, and Joel, you always compare. The, the Red Wings and the Sabres development. I do. Over the I past do. Few for seasons. better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. For, for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And speaking of development, um, I would expect you to give a lot of the same points I made about the Sabres, but just yeah. for the Red Wings, just because what, you know, Stevie Y has done over there over the past two seasons. Yeah. I mean, no, they, these, I mean, these guys are obviously like, it's just development camp. I mean, I don't even know how many days, how many days ago did it start? 
I mean, it has, oh, for the Sabres, for the Sabres, it started, I want to say maybe on the fifth. Okay. Sixth. I mean, like, so, I mean, we're talking about like, you know, you know, just like spontaneous, you know, first reactions. Um, I was telling Evan off camera that like the, the wings, they don't really give a lot of media availability. Like a lot of other teams do. Um, they kind of do a closed, you know, a closed door um, sort of development camp where, you know, they, they, they post on their social media, they do this, they do that. But like, other than the Detroit free press and a few other little hockey outlets, like it's not really a whole lot. It's not a really a whole spectacle. Um, you know, get, I, I'm not sure why, you know, don't ask me, but um, other than that, like I, I would genuinely say that um, there were a couple, like uh, our, our first rounders uh, did really, I think they looked well. Uh, they looked good. Uh, the Danielson kid, uh, he was, we took him what ninth, ninth overall this year. Uh, he looks, he, he's, he's like a, he's like a hoss out there, dude. He just gallops around. Um, uh, but he's, but he's a role player. I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be slotted in the top six, even when he comes up to the NHL. Um, if anybody out there knows any, uh, anything about this guy named Matt, uh, Michael Rasmussen, um, who plays on the wings currently, it's kind of like a, kind of like a version of that really. Um, versatility, you know, solid defensively, you know, just hope, you know, hope he pans out and, and maybe even moves up to maybe a top or maybe, you know, a second line center sort of thing. Um, he looks, he looked really good out there. And what I, from what I could see, I mean, he's just his skating, it, it's just skating. You know, you can tell, you could really tell with these guys, you know, who has, who has it and who can actually play because, like, yeah, you know, oh, this guy's shot is NHL level. Oh, this guy's hockey IQ is amazing. Yeah. But like, if you stick him on the same sheet as Connor McDavid, if that dude can't skate, you're, you're toast. You know, like, I, so I, I really have a, like, I'm really starting to notice now, especially with these, they're, you're seeing a lot more skating drills. You're seeing a lot more transitioning. You're seeing a lot more like game like scenarios where you start off in the neutral zone and you back check. And then you, you know, you, you do, you know, um, you do a quick transition and then you're skating as hard as you can to the other end of the ice, you know, like kind of simulating either, either a back check or a, you know, offensive opportunity even. Um, so I'm noticing a lot of the, and that's just the drills too. And then you have certain guys that stand out because of their, you know, skating ability. So that was my little rant on that. I kind of did, I, I did notice a lot of that. And I'm sure if I, if I watched other, you know, um, other development camp stuff too, then it would, it would have shown that. Um, because that's, that's the way the game's going. Uh, if you can't skate, you really can't play. Um, and, and then on top of that, you know, the skill, the skill is just unmatched. So, um, other than that though, getting into the player side of it, um, there, there were a couple, there were a couple guys that stood out, but nothing, nothing too, you know, nothing too crazy. And then on top of that, I don't really want to, I don't want to really start, you know, like praising guys already just cause they had a couple good days at development camp, but um, like I said, Danielson, Danielson looked solid. Um, not a surprising one. We took, we took, um, Chris Draper's kid actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is, his name is Keenan. Uh, it's spelled a little different, but his name is Keenan Draper. And he, uh, he, he's kind of, he's kind of a little pest out there. He's, he's big, but he, he's kind of a pest and he's a, he's a role player. He kind of, you know, he's kind of playing like his dad. He's obviously got He's obviously got, got some skill to his game. He played at Miami of Ohio for a few years. I think he actually could still be there, um, maybe taking his senior or his fifth year now. Um, and then um, 
and then another player kind of the same caliber as that that looked that looked good out there was Carter Mazur. Um, and he he is a national development kid. Uh, he's at he was at Denver and he he's done really well. He's actually been another guy that the Red Wings took late and he's just, you know, he, he's doing very well is developing his game. I mean, Iserman is kind of kind of known for these like, you know, for finding Braden Point in the third round sort of thing. And um, uh, so that, that, you know, that's promising to see. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my uh, my East Side Elite teammate, Nick Granowitz, who uh, humblest kid in the world because we talked to him for a little bit. He, he played at the University of Michigan for the past four years. I grew up playing with and against him. And um, it, was, it was awesome. I, uh, we do this East Side Elite League, which is basically just, you know, you take a bunch of pro college guys. It's mostly Division One guys, but you take a bunch of pro and college guys and you kind of put them in this league and you do this like little draft sort of thing. And um, you just play games against each other. It's like twice a week. It's up in uh, Mount Clemens, which is like a, a, maybe an hour north of Detroit. And um, I, I, I find out what team I'm on, you know, what team I got drafted by. And I'm and and it's Grano, and I go no way. Like I haven't seen that kid since I was probably you know like 15 years old, and and I I see him. You know we play a couple games. He looks great out there. He's uh he's taking his fifth year and transferring to UMass Lowell, um which is uh which is a really good program in Hockey East. And uh, so I I got to talking to him a little bit. He's like yeah I just really want this opportunity. Humble kid, really nice, nice family, and. And he goes, yeah, like I won't be here next week for games, guys, and like whatever. And like nobody, nobody really batted an eye. Like, you know, it, it, it at this age, it's kind of like, oh, like you could be going on the boat, you could be doing this, you could be doing that, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, uh, my buddy and I check the uh, development camp roster, you know, the next day, and uh, he's on it. So humble guy, uh, unbelievable guy. But um, so I had to give a shout out to him. Um, kind of upset at the uh, Detroit Red Wings media for not putting him in any of the uh, any of the interviews or any of the uh, the media stuff that they've kind of done. They've kind of focused on more of the draft picks and whatever. Um, so kind of rattled at that. But but yeah, uh, shout out Grano. Um, I hope he's doing well. I haven't seen I haven't seen him because they haven't covered him at all. But uh, hope he's doing well. <laughs> Back to the show. Um, uh, That's pretty cool though. But yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Um, and uh, Red Savage, another uh, Miami of Ohio guy. Um, he he's he was doing well. He was skating around good. Um, the defenseman, the defenseman, um, they uh, they didn't really do a whole lot. They now they that was kind of what I was talking about with the uh, transitioning. They they did a lot of like a lot of edge work and stuff like that that I saw. And I thought that was really, I thought that was really interesting, really cool, just to see how fast they they can they can do it. Um, there's just something called the Iron Cross, where you in in the in the circle, where you you start at the bottom, middle side, you know, upside, you know, and, and then you can yeah, the old crossovers, uh, or, yeah, the old uh, barn drill. Yeah, oh, that's what you guys yeah. call it. Out there? Okay, so yeah, yeah we called it the Iron drill. Cross. We called it the Iron Cross, and it, and I mean, it's it, we always hated it as kids, but I mean you know, it's, it just shows you how important it is. Um, so yeah, yeah they, they, they were doing that. It was amazing seeing how fast they, even the bigger guys, right. Um, yeah. another first rounder that the wings took was, um, the, uh, ASP, uh, yeah, with these Swedes, with these, uh, super long names, we're just going to start doing the first uh, letter of every, of every, yeah, the Sabres have UPL, names, but 
Yeah. Um, uh, so his name's Axel Sandine Pelika or Pelica. And, um, uh, they, they took him, I think 17th, um, 17th overall. And, uh, he's a stud. I think we talked about him a little bit, uh, last yes. week. Uh, and he, he was, uh, he's an unbelievable skater. Um, I can definitely see why Kevin Weeks kind of called him a Chris Letang esque sort of player. You know, that yeah. style, just really smart with the puck, but just a smooth skater that like he's, he's undersized, but you can't tell he's undersized because he's moving, you know, so quick. Um, so that, that's really, um, that was really, you know, nice to see, especially out of a first rounder. Um, and then the goalies, uh, the goal, I know nothing about goaltending, you know, stop the puck. So, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, obviously Kosa is, uh, the Red Wings stud that, um, you know, they want him to turn into the next, um, Andre Vasilevsky and, uh, you know, uh, God save our souls. I hope he does. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm sure he looked fine out there, and uh, I think he's going to get his call up to the AHL. So he spent the last year in the ECHL, right? Two leagues under the NHL. Uh, he should yep. be in the AHL next year, and then uh, so that so that should be a that should be a relief for a lot of Red Wings fans out there that he will now be in the AHL, getting you know better shots from you know better players and whatnot. Um, so yeah, other than that, I thought the um, I, I I hate being the guy that has to cover the uh the red wings development camp just because there's not a whole lot that said <laughs> but at the same time like it's 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 nice to see that we have nhl player or not nhl players necessarily but we have a winged wheel jersey on the ice and just like you guys with the sabers like it is just so relieving to see the key bank center is full of sabers fans and full of you know future stars of the Buffalo Sabres. It's, it's, it's a good, it's good. It's, it kind of feels like hockey's right around the corner again, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it does. And you know, that's, that's the nice thing about, uh, about modern day sports is that yeah. there's, there's more things to do Um, that I would say, you know, years ago, there's always these little events. Uh, there's always something going on. Um, uh, You know, league, leagues, uh, sports leagues make more uh publicity about the small stuff that yeah. back in the day, wouldn't get as much publicity about so it always feels like yeah you're right there with the game and it's only you know right around the corner um yeah no so i that was very very great insight and there's a funny story about um yeah. you know the guy that you played with yeah. and how he's on the, the red wings development camp roster um yeah no no you know that's why you know that's 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 why you're on this podcast that's why you're you know the goals you have those types funny. of stories that that i i simply couldn't tell because I, I i never got past high school hockey Nah, maybe, okay. you know, if I never, maybe if I never got injured, I would have rotten out in junior season. I don't know. Um, but moving on, uh, before we get into the big news, you know, with the Detroit Red, Red Wings, and you know, Joel, you'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, oh, Sabres, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> the, the the Sabres, um, you know, last week, you know, had had a little bit of fun in free agency. One of the players that they brought in was uh. Justin Richards yep. uh, on a one-year contract, and he's more likely than not going to be in Rochester, and that's completely fine because the Sabers, you know, always need to you know replenish talent down in the AHL, and and you know, Justin Richards was a uh, you know, former buddy, or you know, is a buddy of you know Joel Frazee, uh, played with them a little bit, 
uh, you know, in Joel's, uh, you know, younger years of hockey. But, uh, you know, in his career in the NHL, he's got, you know, two assists in three games. And in the AHL, um, he's got 39 points in 61 games. So a very productive player in the AHL. Had a little bit of time in the NHL uh, with the Blue Jackets and the Rangers. But, you know, when when called up, he did produce. But, Joel, just talking about Justin, um, can you just talk about, like, when you actually played with him and just if you got any, like, funny stories or anything about him that you know share to the Sabres fans so they can get to know him a little better? Well, I, I so – okay, so, the, I mean, it, it's – if you've if you've played hockey, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm going to try to kind of I'm going to try to try to tell it how it is, like so everybody can really understand. Um, so you have hockey season, right? That goes from and and this is youth hockey. This is amateur like youth hockey. Um, it, it's AAA, AA, um, which means you know AAA is like the highest level I think that you can play in like amateur, right? And then double yeah. A is like one step under it, depending on where you are. It's either really close to triple A or it's, you know, a world of a difference. Um, and that's putting it respectfully. The, I was um, at this time, I was a borderline double A, triple A player. I'm from an area where our double A teams are basically feeders for the triple A teams. Okay. Whatever. That's, that's just a little bit of context. I, I at this time though I was playing Double A in Toledo, Ohio. Okay, so if you don't know where that is, it's just on the north, the northmost city of Ohio, and just about an hour, maybe an hour south of Detroit. And it's perfect for me because it's right in my backyard, and it's a great, and it was a great organization, still is for players developing. Um, and at this time you have your se- you have your season that goes from, I don't know, say September to April, somewhere around there. And then nationals comes in, whatever. After that, that, that's your main season. That's the team that you are on. They have this thing called spring league. And it's basically just kind of like, so coaches can see different kids come in and like, you don't get the same jerseys, right? You get like the practice jerseys with an emblem yeah. on it and it's just spring, you know, you just play it kind of to, to keep, you know, to keep your, your keep your tools sharp and whatever throughout the year. And um, for other kids like myself, usually like I, if I, I would play on like a double a team, a closer team. So we would still go to tournaments and stuff, but I was more focused on baseball because like I, I, I liked playing all the sports I could growing up. Um, and so these, so like, it's just more of a, it's just more of a, a rotation. Like you, you don't, you, you're going to see like more fill-ins. You're going to see more kids with different, you know, with different colored gear on, like it, nobody's matching out there, but they're on the same team. So it's a little more of a mess, but at the same time, it's just, it's still hockey, right? It's still good. And, and at the higher level, it's still competitive. I was on this double A team in Toledo. We got, and we were good enough, so this wasn't a big deal, but we, we entered into a AAA tournament. And when we entered into that AAA tournament, we had our, our core group of players that were, on the, that were on the team the year before. And by no means, by no means were they not good enough, but at the same time, it's always nice to add. So what we did was we got a couple studs that came up from Columbus to play in this tournament with us. 
Long story short, one of them was Justin Richards. Okay. This happened two years in a row, by the way. But Justin, by from the first time he walked into the locker room, he looked like a normal kid. I mean, I'm trying to think of how old I was, maybe maybe 12 to 14, somewhere in that range. And like I said, this is for two years. So I, I knew him the second time, he, you know, the second year it happened. But first time it happens, he walks in. He's a normal kid. He's got, he's got the Columbus bag. And, you know, he sits down with two of his buddies, whatever. And we're like, okay, like these kids obviously can play. They played for the Columbus Blue Jackets AAA team. And me, I, at that time, I was playing for Compuware, which is another AAA team. I recognize the bags, but obviously I don't recognize the kids until they get out there, right? Like I'm not gonna recognize a kid off the ice because you got the cage on and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, like they were pretty good last year. So like, you know, like good. You know, we got a couple, we got a couple guys, you know, well, let's do it. They um Justin, long story short, Justin was like probably the only out of the three, he was like the only noticeable one, really. The other two were just either one was a defenseman and then the other one was maybe a, a you know, like just not just not as good just a role player maybe but but justin was a stud okay he he got out there every time he touched the puck you know he was moving with speed when he had it and um there's another kid named brendan furry who is all he's in the ahl right now as well in philadelphia's organization um he he just captained uh division one mankato minnesota minnesota state mankato um so it was him myself in the center and then Justin Richards on the right wing. Okay. So us three, we like, we all, all of us could skate. Um, luckily. So we all still can, <laughs> but um, we're like, we did very, very well that tournament. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm trying to think of, I know, I know we didn't win it, but I know we made it to the finals the one year and we might've lost in the semis the next doesn't matter. Point is, is, Justin Richards has, he is one of the most humble, one of the most quiet kids that I've ever like come in contact with. And now knowing that, because like, I, I felt, I, I heard the name when he was playing at Minnesota Duluth and I'm like, oh wow, like, that, is that the same kid? And I'm like, and I looked it up because I remember when he walked in the locker room too, a lot of the guys were talking like, you know, his dad's like the head coach of like Columbus and and we're like, oh, the triple A team? No, no, like the Blue Jackets. <laughs> we're like, oh, wow. I'm like, no way. Like, that's so cool. So, like, obviously we talked him up about that. But uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Like, he, there's no chance he remembers me. But, like, it's a cool little story that, like, I kept – I heard his name years later. And I'm like, wow, like, really? Like that? Yeah, like he's doing well for himself. Um, and um, so, obviously, I'm really happy to hear that he did well at Duluth. And now that I'm even happier that he's in the Sabres organization because I know – I know you guys are going to take care of them out there. Um, but yeah, so that's those. I, I wish I could remember like a specific story like with him, but um, he's a quiet kid. He, he's clearly very humble, clearly very well put together. And um, yeah, obviously his dad, dad's, dad knows what he's talking about too. Um, so he's got good guidance, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah, I think you guys got a steal. And, and even if he doesn't play an NHL game for you guys, I mean, I think, I think he definitely could. I, I would no, for I sure. I can't. If an I can't injury see goes down. We need yeah. a player. Like, oh not? yeah, I can't see. I can't see why not. Um, you know, as long as the fit works out and everything. But yeah, no, it's just such a cool, a cool, cool little tidbit that I had um, on him, and it's just a small, funny world. How you know, I end up 
going to play D3 out in Buffalo, meet Evan. We decided to start a podcast, and now this kid like, just gets traded there in the same summer that all that happens. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, you tell me. That's hilarious. So, but, yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah, good for you, Justin. You know, I know you'll never hear this, but good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, definitely a cool uh, Justin Richards story there. Just again, um, again, I know I said earlier, it's another reason. You got Joel while you're on this podcast helps out. You'll play with these guys, uh, be able to share some stories. Uh, it's a very interesting one too. Just again, you're sitting there in the locker room one day. You're playing, yeah. You know, AAA hockey. Yeah. You know, you don't expect that, and boom, you got a, a guy that. He's a future NHLer. Um, he has points recorded on NHL ice, on NHL surface, in the history books. Yeah. So, you know, he's skating with the best guys in the world. And again, you, you know, played against that guy. So, again, interesting, very interesting story. And just to get a little more insight on Justin Richards, uh, who will be suiting up for more likely than not the Rochester Americans this season. But, um, Joel, I think it's uh, finally that time. I think it's time? Is it time? Uh, the the oh. you know the cherry on top for this episode yep. um talking about free agency last week there was a lot of you know big moves the teams made but yep. this was a team that you know made a couple moves you know signed a JT Comfer uh brought in a couple you know a couple defensive depth yeah but I think Joel, you were waiting for that for that one move. I think yeah. there, there was one move that could have been made that you were waiting for, and the I think this was the was. move. Yeah. The whole fan base was in for this move, and that yeah. move was bringing in former Chicago Blackhawk, former Ottawa Senator Alex yep. DeBrinket to the Detroit Red Wings. Yep. And just before we get into you know the entire the entire trade and everything itself, yeah, this is what uh, you know oh. Alex DeBrinket got traded for. Uh, Ottawa, yeah, got a first round pick, a fourth round pick, Dominic Kubalik and Donovan Sabrango or Sabrango. Yeah, so, um, yep. talking about this, um, okay, talking about this, um, Joel, just just overall, what when we do you know bring up the, you know, the topic of Alex to break it, uh, mm-hmm. what does this trade truly mean for the Detroit Red Wings? It's hard to really describe it as anything other than this is definitely the biggest thing that has come out of the Red Wings organization since the return of Steve Eiserman. This is the only thing that can really come close to that. Um, I, I think that this will be, you know, this, this is clearly a turning point and my, I, I have, I, I, I always I had a feeling that Eiserman wanted to do this a long time ago, and sure, I think that he player. knew. Yeah, I so like, and I told you this off camera too. I mean, we we had the I mean the, the Red Wings had the land, the leverage here. Like there, this was a not a this was not really a surprise to Red Wings fans once it became a realistic option. Um, Obviously nobody knows when Iserman's, you know, started, you know, putting this plan into place to get, yeah, you never do know. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, it's the Detroit media. Like it's, it's a mixture of everything because Iserman is a very tight ship too. Right. Like my favorite example to prove that is you remember when Seattle had the expansion draft. Yeah. 
who was the only team that Elliot Freeman didn't know who was going to pick? Detroit. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they run a tight ship, and I love it. Um, but um, back to Debrinket, I, I think that this has got to be one of the most exciting times to be a Red Wing fan. I think that he, that, that Iserman, he, he was making these offseason, these acquisitions. Um, I, a lot of Red Wings fans were not happy with, um, with, with the, you know, with the free agents that they got They're You know, they're like, when are we going to get a breakthrough player? When are we going to do this? Iserman is, you know, I'm giving up on the Iser plan. Like they're like, they're just saying all this garbage for, with, as for, with no basis whatsoever. Um, it just shows you how much, just shows you how much the fans know about, like, you know, they, you know, know about like hockey in general. Um, but this is clearly, this was clearly a calculated move where Iserman was waiting to strike and he wanted to, if, if and the one thing that the Red Wings needed more than anything, other than like, you know, solid defense, but you can, you can get that through, you know, yeah. like drafting and developing the right way. Sure. Is, is goal scoring, goal scoring. I mean, you're, you're, you can, you can develop a little bit of goal scoring, but like you either have, or you don't. And yeah. getting a guy that's like, you know, getting a guy like Alex to I mean, find me an NHL team that wouldn't take that guy right now. You know what I mean? Like, Anyone I would want really. him in their top six. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Uh, it, it just because of his ceiling too, and um, and so I, I, I mean, he played on he played on a line with McDavid. I mean, you can make the argument that like you know, would McDavid have his you know have as many points if he didn't have a stud that was with him? I mean, you see how both of their careers are panning out. It's it's just it's it's just crazy. Um, but um, I'll get into the contract in a second too, because that almost is arguably better than the the trade itself. But so you have, so you have, I'll go through it. I, I remember the graphic that you put up. It's the first you have a first round pick, which, base in in um, from what I read, it the clause in it is that the Red Wings get to get to pick which pick they send them. Um, it's it's going to be a first round pick, but since the wings oh. are actually going to be back into it a little bit there, that pick's not going to be as high. So, I mean, you're looking at a mid mid to late first round pick that they're going to have to give up. Um, and they get to, they, I, I'm pretty sure that they get to, like I said, I hate the way this is worded, but they have to pick, they, or they get to pick which pick they give them. Yeah. So, the conditions on the draft. Pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that, whatever. First, first round pick you kind of knew that you weren't going to give you know get a lot less for that i mean or give a lot more than that but then you have the fourth round pick i think which is the which was kind of the cherry on top that was the sweetener um and then the two players the two players um so now i'll go for i'll go from an ottawa senator standpoint kubalik is a stud i love him i hate the fact that he was part of this trade because i personally loved Dominic Kubalik, I thought he was unbelievable. I really liked seeing – I love his game, and I love the fact that he can score goals. Um, he, uh, he will replace probably 25 to 35 of the goals that Debrinkit, that, that Ottawa Senators are missing now because they lost Debrinkit. He will replace immediately 25 to 35 of those goals, which is great. That's great news if you're an Ottawa Senators fan. Um, and then the flip side of that is, is that 
so uh, Donovan Sobrango, who uh, I don't think he, I don't know if he's played an NHL game yet. Um, he, he's been in Grand Rapids. He's been in our AHL team for, for quite a, quite a while now. Um, but he's very expendable. And the reason I say that is because of who the wings have on defense currently on the NHL roster. Um, he was never really going to get a shot, like a real shot with the NHL team. And I, and so for that reason, if I am him, I love this too, because he's going to a team where he actually will have a much better chance of moving up. So good on him. That's great for him. Uh, Kubalik is moving into a situation where hopefully, you know, he actually will be able to play in a, in a, in a similar top six role um, with a little bit younger players, I would say. And then, and then the, the picks are, you know, the picks are whatever you, you know, value them as. Um, so, and then, on, and then you're just giving up, you know, Alex Labrinka, you know, <laughs> whatever your opinion yeah. on him is. I think, I mean, I think he's top 20 in the league. Um, but like, you know, natural goal scorer. Um, he's proved that he, you know, that he's proved that he can play in tough games too. He's clutch, um, which is huge. And Very he clutch. fills that he fills the, he fills the role that the Red Wings need. Um, you know, you got Larkin, you got Larkin and whoever they decide to put on right. I'm not sure. There, there's a lot of debate with that. I won't even get into that. But now you have a solid, you know, center in, in Dylan Larkin, and then you have a solid left wing. Um, so it, this is a great, this is a great franchise altering move for the wings. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fans calling for Iserman's head, which obviously I don't appreciate. Um, they are all, you know, suspiciously quiet now of course. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it for the wings. I think that this is what they needed. Um, Iserman is, is, has proven that he, cause like another thing too, is that the teams that the teams that, um, were interested in to bring it, they, from what, from what Elliot Friedman said, is that like the reason that a lot of them got turned off, especially near the end, or what we didn't realize was the end until you know yesterday, was that a lot of the teams they couldn't agree on his extension. Um, but for some reason, Iserman was he said, No, you're not getting eight years. He said, No, you're not getting eight years. We'll give you four, not eight. And and then also, by the way, you're not gonna make you know north of ten. You're not even going to make north of eight. So I, I, I clearly, clearly Iserman is doing something where he is just getting incredibly valuable contracts from top end guys. And, you know, you're going to scare away, you're going to scare away the, the real superstars of the league, right? Cause you're not going to pay him that much, right? Like what's Austin Matthews seeking? Like, is he seeking like 13? I mean, Austin's going to want at least 13, five. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like, are you kidding me? I, I, like, good luck, Toronto. Like, very anti-Toronto podcast. But, like, good luck, you know? Um, I don't – so I, I just think that Dabrinkit, for the next four years – and also, by the way, given his age, I think he's, he's a year older than me. So he, he's a 97. So he's got – so he's turning 26 this year. I mean – you got the net, you got the four years and you got to tell he's 29, 30. I like, these are, these are going to be prime. These are going to be prime time years for him um, at, at under 8 million while the wings are hopefully still 
you know, competitive or not still, but like they're going to be even more competitive, hopefully every single year from here on out. Yeah. Um, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. I, Ottawa, um, I think Ottawa got a lot out of this because they knew he didn't want to stay. Um, they got, they got two, they got a, a solid NHL player, a solid AHL player with a high ceiling and then a first round pick. That right there is a lot, and then on top of that, you get the sweetener with the fourth. So, yeah, the um, fourth round pick. I, I it's gonna be the it. most value overall. Yeah, no, it really is. Like, there's no, there's no decisive winner in this. Obviously, as as a Wings fan, I want to say that the Wings won it. Um, but there, but like long term, like you see how these things play out. Like, it, you never really know. But I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I said it at the beginning of the pod. It's a great morning to be a Detroit Red Wings fan, um, especially with the value that the Wings got him at. I, I, I think that, uh, I think that this is a huge, a huge thing and it's kind of the final cherry on top for the Wings off season. And now the Wings have a lot of hype finally. And so do the Sabres, which is like very relieving to hear. I mean, tell that to the Evan and Joel that met two years ago. And we would have told you that you were crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, now it is the, uh, now it's the Sabres turn to, uh, to get a franchise altering player, huh? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a bad move, bad move if the Sabres could find, you know. Yeah. Uh, another, you know, top nine forward or something like, or a top, you know, yeah. you know, a top nine forward to add to this, to this lineup, um, especially with Jack Quinn, you know, going to be injured until yeah. December, but yeah. yeah I mean, uh, and, and there's, yeah, one more thing we could talk about with the Alex uh, to bring it move um, to uh, the Red Wings. And that was his contract. Uh, Alex Brinkett's contract right here. Um, yeah. Again, you, not nothing too crazy. Um, four years, no. seven point eight seven five. Um, when you take a look about you know some of the other contracts in the league for you know proven forty goal scores, I mean this this um, is just a steal. That's a steal. I mean it's it's yeah. I I will never. Uh, yeah, you can't any. I mean you we could have the Wings could have overpaid him, and nobody would have complained because you're bringing in yeah. that caliber of player. Yeah. Like you can overpay that guy, and and nobody and everybody would have been like, um, I, I forgot, I forgot who exactly said it, but I'm gonna steal this quote. You would rather overpay and have Alex DeBrinket in a Wings jersey, as opposed to not getting him at all. Okay, so I and I couldn't agree with that more. I, I he is exactly what the Wings need right now, and he is he is an instant game breaker that okay we like okay the 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 red wings did not develop him themselves so obviously they're not saving that money but at the same yeah. time you get him for you know less than eight million a year i i, I don't know and, i just and, I, I, I yeah and and from a from a sabers fan's point of view here not even yeah. just a sabers fan but just an, yeah. an nhl fan um when you when you watch the detroit red wings it's it's always a lot of in-house development right Start from the ground up and, and build, build your your tower, build your castle with the you know the proven building blocks that you have gotten yourself right, and you've yeah. developed yourself. Um, but at some point, 
you like not everything within your organization can be homegrown. You need to add something from the outside in. No. Right. And I think and I think that this was yeah. one of those moments where, you know, Stevie Y and the rest of the Red Wings went, Hey, we still have a good pipeline of prospects that can, yeah. you know, get built up and be brought up here. But at the same time, yeah. you know, we, we also need to add, you know, an outside guy that's proven yeah. to put be put with, you know, the Lucas Raymonds of the world. You know, the well, Dylan yeah, Arkins yeah. world. And they, and they, and they, they exactly. did that twice. You know, they brought in JT Comfer on a five-year deal. Then you yeah. bring in Alex DeBrinkett on a, on a four-year deal. So you add two top six guys within, you know, a week and a half of each other. And and they're not they're not just from, you know, your your um you know, your organization. No. They're from the outside. And it's not like you're spending crazy money to do this. Yeah. You know, you're not spending crazy money on JT Comfort. You're paying him five point one. You're not spending yeah. crazy money on Alex Brinkett. You're not even paying him eight million dollars. He's a forty goal scorer. Yeah. So it's it's great value all around. And, it, and it's something that I you know I feel like you know, the Detroit Red Wings, you know, finally needed to do, they needed to get over that hump of, you know, adding from the outside in as much as it is very good to, you know, add, you know, from within the organization, always having that outside touch, you know, always helps. Uh, even the oh, Buffalo Sabres, I mean, Jeff Skinner wasn't yeah, yeah. someone in the organization. Tage yeah, Thompson, Thompson wasn't someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Tuck. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the yeah. only, the really only players on this roster that are inside the organization are, Quinn Paterka, Cousins, uh, yeah. Pete, uh, uh, Cousins, uh, Middlestat, um, Zemgis Gergensen's Power, Darlene, yeah. Samuelson, you know, Levi, Luke, or no, Levi wasn't even part of the organization. He's from, from Florida. Lukanen was part of the organization. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just crazy, you know, to look at, you know, some teams, you know, again, they built, they built young and then they, they add as they go. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, something that the Red Wings are doing well and the Sabres yeah. are also doing well in suit. Yeah, the only unfortunate part, you know, with uh, if you're comparing the two teams there, and there obviously is a, there a bunch of other teams that are in the same boat, like, but on both sides, I should say. But uh, the only difference between the Red Wings, like, it, it, the rebuild takes longer when you wait in house, yeah. right? And that's why you have a ton of Wings yeah. fans that are just unbelievably, you know, ticked off that the Wings haven't made the playoffs in the past, you know, seven years. And, you know, they've been losing so much and that's why, because they're so used to a winning culture sort of thing, but these, the gotcha. rebuilds for that, the rebuilds for that sort of thing take longer. Now you could take the other side of it, which is the Sabre, more of the Sabres approach where you are still going to, you know, you, where you're kind of more or less buying players. The, the only unfortunate part with that is though, is that then the salary cap really comes in and then you're really crunching, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, your 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 most the easiest example, um, negatively, of course, is Toronto, where you load you load your money into like you know a, a certain core of players, and then you're depending on players that are on entry level contracts or very very low paid role players to kind of get you over the hump but you're depending on those big guys to really, really, really show. And in my opinion, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I wouldn't like if the organization I was rooting for did that. Um, yeah. Because, because you, you, you're just, you're kind of screwing yourself in a lot of ways. Like sure. what happens if Austin Matthews gets hurt right before playoffs? What happens if, you know, um, Tavares or Marner lays an egg, and they just, they, you know what I mean? They just have nothing going. 
which we've seen happen. Um, so that that would be, I, I. But then again, it takes longer if you're if you do the in-house system. So it's it's a give and take. It's a double-edged sword. You get screwed either way, but unless you win the cup, of course. <laughs> but yeah, if you win the cup, it doesn't matter. If you win the <laughs> cup, it doesn't matter. But I mean, I don't know. I. I would so much rather be a Sabres fan right now than a Leafs fan. Oh my god, I, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't care. I just don't have the. I just and I love Austin Matthews and I love. I, I can't wait to see where Nylander goes too. It's too bad we don't have time to like talk about this stuff. But I really, yeah. I'm really interested. I would have loved to see him in a uh, in the wings. I would, I would love that. Um, but. Um, yeah, because because what he's he's uh demanding more than ten million too, so they have yeah to Nylander him. yeah about that yeah. yeah so he's yeah he's a and I think he I mean, deserves it. I mean, you can make the argument he's been the best player Playoffs. for the yeah for for role. I could yeah not even that like I, you can make an argument he was the best player for the Leafs over the past 60, 70 games. Yeah, no, you really it, good. I mean, given the injuries and everything, yeah, yeah. And again, it's not him being greedy per se. It's nope. it's you know a guy known his worth. That's really they're what it's all giving about. Him, they're giving him an out. They're giving him an out. Like like oh oh you can't pay me ten million. Why why can't you pay me ten million? Probably because you're putting thirteen into three different or eleven and twelve into three different players. Like that's not my problem. Oh yeah no. no. I, now, Nylander's a stud, and wherever he goes to, he's gonna light it up. I hope. I, Buffalo. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't. Yeah. Go to Buffalo. I mean, that would be unbelievable. Yeah, that'd be unbelievable for you guys. I mean, I. What What are the rumors? What is it like, Colorado? Yeah, I could see Colorado actually, because with with, with Landis Colorado. Cog. Yeah. With Landis Cog out. Yeah. He, he may. I mean, he never return. You never know. You don't think so? I mean, I. I mean. Well, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. It's just gonna be such a long time until he does another year, and then. Stuff like that, so I could see Colorado making that type of move. Um, yeah, but they need a yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, he went to uh, he went to Nashville. Yes. Um, but what was I going to say? The um, Ryan O'Reilly would have been a really interesting. I really would have liked to see him on Colorado because obviously they wouldn't. Colorado, give, they're not. They're, yeah, they're not gonna give they're not gonna give anybody else to see, right? Obviously, Lannis got, but they need a presence like that in the locker room. What's wrong yeah. with Ryan O'Reilly? Stick him, you know, stick him as a second or third line center, and because they traded Newhook too, they gave Newhook to to Montreal. Yeah. Com, com for left, com for left. Yeah, I mean they they, yeah, I mean I that Newhook one kind of confuses me too a little bit just because like, I really, I thought he was Eric Johnson left. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're kind of doing a whole, they're kind of, they're trying to, it's not a rebuild, but it's like a maintaining rebuild, right. Where they're trying to get the same exact players, just, you know, obviously different and younger players. So they're less money. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So yeah. Hey, but Hey, that's, that's about all I got. I, um, I, I, it's a good time to be a Sabres and a Red Wings fan. Oh, actually, the last thing that I wanted to shout out, because we are sure. not only a hockey podcast, we do, we will be doing other sports too. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the Detroit Tigers for throwing a combined no-hitter uh, the other night 
and uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays. So sorry about it. My Buffalo. team. Yeah, yeah, I know. My team. <laughs> so sorry about it. I know you're not the Where's only my... one too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So um, shout out them. That's awesome. The Tigers are absolutely brutal this year. Um, they have been for a while. But uh, I'm I'm uh, hoping that this is a little glimmer of hope uh, for the fans. And because uh, Tigers games are fun. Uh, the Tigers are fun to root for when they're good. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep I'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, shout out to Troy Tigers. Uh, that's unbelievable. Good for them, uh, especially against the Blue Jays, too. Usually you don't see. Team. Yeah, you know, usually you don't see that. Um, but uh, especially a combined one too, yeah. The what? What is it, Evan? Like, I because you know, you know baseball. I mean, what? A little bit, yeah. I, I don't. I will never. I will never understand. And like, there's obvious. There is a clear difference. Like, there's no nobody's debating this. That, but there is definitely a clear dif- difference between a combined no hitter and a no hitter. Yeah. Nobody's going to argue that. However, yeah. these these people. And I'm not going to act like I care about the comment sections, but I, I, this is a genuine question, like the comment sections on like an Instagram post or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What is it with these people that are saying like, oh, it's a combined hitter. It's a Mickey Mouse no hitter. Like it doesn't matter. Oh, combined. Yeah. Like, um, what, I what think it's it be- I think it's because sports fans are always looking for um, the groundbreaking historical fact or the groundbreaking historical um yeah. you know record whether that is a a a natural single pitcher throwing a no hitter or yeah. it's three pitchers you know combining to throw a no hitter now obviously the individual one is a lot more impressive it's a lot more physically and mentally demanding yeah but that still doesn't take away that you know a, a whole team contributing to a no hitter isn't impressive obviously it's not as rare as a single no hitter but it's still very impressive in its own right because at the end of the day baseball is a team game sports are a team sport um and you gotta have every little contributing factor going into a win or going into a feat like you know having a combined no hitter now is it something i would necessarily go on about for weeks you know Mm -hmm. and bring up 10 years later like hey remember that time you know the you know, the, the Tigers threw it a combined no hitter uh, on this day, you know, 10 years ago. I don't know. I mean, I really wouldn't. Maybe if it was an individual yeah. one, I would. But yeah. it doesn't mean uh, you're going to discredit it. Yeah. It's still something that uh, Sports Center could post or ESPN or the MLB could post, yeah. whatever it is, because it's still Definitely. something that Definitely. doesn't happen in the league every day. No, it doesn't. I think it, I think it's a, I think it's a cool thing. Also, I mean, it's definitely more notable, right? And you said it perfectly. Like, obviously, you're not going to say, um, you know, 10 years from now that, so, that like, oh, do you remember the combined no-hitter? Like, obviously, no. Um, however, it, it's an extremely cool moment for anybody that was on the field that day. Um, any fan like, of the team? Any fan, like, any, any like, um, you know, like, it, it, also, it's a, it's a cool little aspect of, like, how it, like, it, it took three guys like to do it. And it like, that's a cool thing too. I mean, I, I like the, the teammate, like the teamwork aspect to it. Um, yeah. But like, I, it, it, it shows, it's, it also shows that you, you, you have a good bullpen. Like you have yeah. a good set yeah. of pitchers. It's yeah. not that like you go, it was going. You have, yeah. You have a good set of pitchers that game. And that, that's really what baseball is about is 
if your pitching's on another level that game, you're probably going to win more likely than not. And Detroit showed, hey, you Blue Jays, you got phenomenal hitters, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo yeah. Bichette, et cetera, down the line <laughs> of players, Matt Chapman. It doesn't matter. We we have guys, you know, going in, you know, in and out of our, you know, bullpen. They're, they're yeah. you know, pitching, you know, their tail off. Yeah. No, yeah, I it I just it just confused the it just confused the heck out of me because I was I, I'm just like why are these people getting so upset over an Instagram post that said congrats to the Tigers for throwing a combined no hitter? I just couldn't like it just didn't make any sense to me like who, people going out of their way to like bring it down. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? It just this is the way <laughs> it's know? the way of the land the way of the land. Well. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, but either way, that was, that was my little wrap up. I just wanted to say, I, I, cause like, there's not many, there's a reason we don't talk about the tigers on here. Um, so like they're, they're just terrible, but it's a little bright spot. And I, like, I, my friends like, Oh, did you see the tigers? Like threw a no hitter today. And I, I, I double took, I went, what? <laughs> yeah. With our, with our, on our staff, right? What? You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, no sometimes it happens. Like, pretty sure the one uh, before I, that too was like the Oakland A's. Like somebody's done the Oakland. Yeah, There's another bad team that like did do one too. So, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I think that's gonna do it for um, episode yeah. two of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast on the Buffalonian Network. Again, uh, just want to say, Joel, thank you for joining me for episode two, and everyone that's Anytime. listening and watching. Like. Hey, we're we're gonna keep pumping this pumping this thing out, you know, once yeah. a week. We'll try to at least. Um, there's still a lot more stuff to get to uh, with the you know with the hockey season rolling up and, and other sports as <laughs> well. We'll get to, but um, yeah, hey, we'll um we'll, we'll see you guys next week for episode three of the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast. And everyone listening and watching, have a good rest of your uh, rest of your day. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.